0: Well, praise the Lord. Do you notice some people are missing? <laughs> Hallelujah. Last night was like call in for those that can't come <laughs> or text. It's text nowadays, you know, just text. Uh, I want to I wanna pray this morning. We have authority. The Bible says we have authority in the name of Jesus. And um, I'm tired of COVID showing up at everybody's house. The blood of Jesus is greater than any sickness or disease. We've had to come against other diseases, other sicknesses. But um, I I do pray for healing for all those that are home today. And we have a lot of our worship team. um, You know, not that they got it here. It's everywhere. Everybody say that it's everywhere. The devil wants to stop people from coming to church. And people need to see people. They need to see other people. They need to see well people. They need to see people victorious. And, you know, remember last week was get up off of that thing. Now, I'm not going to do that again because that was a little crazy. Had a lot. I got a lot more traffic on Facebook over that. You know, I don't know. Maybe I ought to do that every week, some little thing. But I'm telling you, it's time for the church to get up off of that thing. And COVID is a lie from the pit of hell. Now it's real. I had it. I know what it is, but we are victorious. Father, in the name of Jesus, we put a bloodline around our County in the name of Jesus, around our young people in this County, excuse me, around the elderly in our County. Around all of us in this county, and in Jesus' name, the name of Jesus that is higher, the blood of Jesus that is greater, the word of God that is powerful. And in the name of Jesus, we call a halt to this thing in our city, in our state, this county, and in the United States and in the world. In Jesus' name, this is enough. Man made things can be overcome by the power of God. This was a man made sickness, and in the name of Jesus, it's a curse. And we are under the blessing of God, and we bind it in the name of Jesus, and we call you stopped. I pray for medical people. I pray for EMTs, those that are trying to take care of people that do have extenuating circumstances from this thing. In Jesus' name, where it's attacked parts of their body that maybe were weak, or maybe they had a a, a weakness in a situation, and then that, that COVID tries to take over. We bind it in the name of Jesus. They will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and the medical people will have the leading of the Holy Spirit to know what to do in every situation. We thank you for them. We ask you to give them strength, give them courage, and give them wisdom, your wisdom, God. Thank God for medical wisdom, but God, your wisdom is even higher than that, and it can show us what to do with the wisdom we have. In Jesus' name, we give you praise today. And all the body said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's make our confession. Say, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. Yes. Do you believe that today? Because the message today is, this is what the message is today. We've talked about, I have decided to follow Jesus, but today it is the Lord has need of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord has need of you. You know, the Lord has a need of buildings. The Lord has a need of finances. The Lord has a need of a lot of things and we are his people. We're the people who possess what God wants to get in this earth. And so, you know, as we make this confession, it's not just up there so we can say it every Sunday. It's so it gets in our hearts. And the more the word gets in you, the more you live the word. So let's say it. I am here on purpose. Because I have a purpose, my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Give him a clap, and you can be seated. (laughs) You know, um, I'm kind of on fire today. It started back there in my office, so... Uh, You know, but I've had this word stirring in me for a while that because so much focus and not wrong, but just focus on our government, focus on COVID, focus on situations, businesses, uh, we need to be praying for small businesses and people that even corporations that the enemy's trying to destroy our nation and he's doing it from inside out. And so we have to, Get in that position to stand against it. But when I heard this message, it was like if the church decides to follow Jesus, we will be a force that the world cannot stop in Jesus' name. And uh, so today I have need of you. You know, we started this series with Matthew chapter 7 that says, The person who builds his house on the rock, which is the truth, the revelation of the word of God. And and he hears the word, and he also does the word. Everybody say, does the word. By the way, welcome to all of you out there. I'm sorry. I'm still not used to having an audience that's not in the room. And so I I apologize. Sometimes I think, I know you're out there, but I forget to acknowledge you. So welcome. You're in for a great day. Hallelujah. So don't shut us off. Okay. And so, you know, the, the house that's built on the rock has people that are operating, in the power of God, not just hear the word of God, but they do the word of God. But it says the man whose house is built upon the sand, the one that doesn't uh, let the word of God be the priority, uh, lets their own understanding rule in that situation. It says when the winds come, the storms come, it will fall. But that house on the rock, when all that stuff starts, it will not fall. We had some windy days this week and uh, I was out at the trails praying. I thought, Lord, keep these trees up. Hallelujah. They're pretty old. And, and, you know, things happen, but God says he'll take us right through the storm, right through the wind. If our house is built upon the rock. And that's a decision that we get to make. Nobody else makes that decision for us. You know, heaven and hell are, are, are our choice. You know, we make that choice to decide to follow Jesus, to let Jesus be the Lord of our life. Uh, when I was younger in, in, Really, in high school, people would say, well, you know, God will send you to hell. Well, God doesn't send anybody to hell. He already has got a place prepared for the devil. He doesn't want any of us to live there. That's a choice. Everybody say a choice. And we are wise people. Amen? Say, I am wise. I have the wisdom of God. (laughs) And so uh, we talked last week about, you know, uh, drop your nets. You know, let go of the weights that so easily beset you and get up and go. Do what God has called you to do. I believe that God is encouraging the church because in the time of drought or in the time of lack is when God does his greatest work. I mean, he will rise and shine. Do you believe that today? That's that's when he rise and shine and he gets all the glory. You know, when it looks the worst, I was listening last night to Paul Doherty, the church we came out of in Tulsa, Victory Christian Center out there. And um, he was saying, you know, we had over 30, I think it was 30,000 lives saved during the last six months because they prepared 3 million meals and gave them to people. And they had that many people saved during COVID. And you know what brought, what it brought to the church, not to Paul, but to the glory of God. He kept going in the midst of the COVID. He kept doing what God showed him to do. And when he did that, it brought the intention of the national media. I just want to say that is amazing. You know why? Because that house is built upon the rock and they do what God says to do. Well, God has need of all of us to do that. Individually, wherever we are, and you say, oh, my life doesn't make that much difference. Well, when I get done today, you're going to believe it does because the Word of God says it does. I want to look at Zechariah chapter 19, and this is a story of Jesus when he comes into Jerusalem on his way really to die for you and me. Uh, it's a celebration. You know, the people are excited. They begin to uh, greet him and cry out, and it says... As this started, when he had said this, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Beth, Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples. This would be like me sending Sue and Bill, because they attend here, uh, go down town, and there will be a, a colt tied to a tree. Get it and bring it back to me. That, that's be what this is like. You know, I think we read stories and we just read them. But this is what this is like. Go into the village opposite you where you, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? You just say to him, because the Lord has need of it. What an amazing story. You know, that was prophesied in Zechariah in the Old Covenant. Now, I have a point to this. Prophecy is important. Words that have been spoken over you are very important. And God will bring them to pass. But we have a responsibility to receive the word and to take it in. And so in Zechariah, if you put that scripture up for me, Sandy, this is uh, some uh, 500 and is it? No. Uh, yeah, five hundred and thirty years ahead of time, ahead of time, ahead of time. Everybody say ahead of time. <laughs> Greatly rejoice, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your King is coming. He is just and having salvation. Isn't that what he brought? Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fall fall of a, of the fall of a donkey. In other words. He even is specific enough to say, it's not going to be the donkey. It's going to be the donkey's offspring. Are you getting this? Now, that is amazing. You know, sometimes I think we read the Bible and we just read stories, you know. But prophecy, God speaks ahead of time what he's going to do. The challenge is who's listening. It's not God speaking. It's who's listening to know what God's saying, but everybody who knows the Lord can hear from God. He said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. I never was taught that growing up in church. How how many of you knew that you could hear from God? I mean, I would like to have known that way back there. I could have done a lot of things maybe differently. Had I known that I could talk to God, I was always just scared of the guy. Because, you know, I'm going to hell for sure for the way I treat my mother. You know, I mean, that's what my grandma said. And so, you know, the devil, the devil was real. I didn't know there was a devil. So when you look at prophetic words in the Bible, it's so interesting to read through the Bible because a lot of Bible reading plans— take you in a progression that brings you through chronologically to what happened. And then you're reading the New Testament. You're reading the Old Testament. It's like, wow, God did that. God knew all about that. So that cult was not there by accident. God planned that way, 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 way ahead of time. You know, in Isaiah, these are just prophecies about Jesus, just a few of them. It it says, uh, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, then in Matthew chapter one, when God speaks to Joseph with the angel speaks to Joseph and he says, um, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. This is verse 20 of Matthew one. It says that in a dream, everybody say in a dream. See, you got to keep dreaming. you you, you got to let God work in any way he wants. Uh, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, to you marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and he shall call, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done. Everybody say, all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, that was 700 and some years before. You know, God's known about you for a long time. He knows about you, Israel. He knows about every one of us. And you're special to God, you're valuable to God, and you're in the earth for such a time as this. You could have been born at a different time. We are here for a divine purpose, and and God knows about it. He's already dis- determined it. In Micah five two, you know the city of Bethlehem is just a little city. I've been there, and um, it's way up high. I mean, it's you have to drive up there and. And uh, we walked around in, in, Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, and it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. He was around that same time, like Isaiah, way back there, way back there, way back there, Okay? way, way back there. You know, COVID hasn't taken God by surprise. God knows what's going on. And God is counting on his people to be the light in the midst of the gross darkness. Everybody say, I have the light. We have the light. And then it goes on in Luke 2, 4. This is, this is how God arranged it. Joseph had to go to Nazareth. I've been there too. And and that was not that's quite a ways from Bethlehem, he had to go there with Mary nine months pregnant. How many of you ladies be willing to go anywhere, nine months pregnant on a donkey? You know, not me. I would tell Pastor Pill, "See you later. Uh, I'll stay right here." But but they both went, on purpose, and this is how God brought it about. Everybody say He brought it about. They had to be go for taxation. They had to be registered. Uh, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, long way because he was of the house of the lineage of David. I, w- I want to go on in that. Let me just get there. And um, it says uh, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, and who was with child. And after they were there, After they were there, her days were completed to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. None of that happened by accident. It was prophesied. Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. It was arranged that he would be born in a stable. Why? Because he was the perfect lamb of God. This was already decided. Behold the Lamb of God. That's, you know, that's what John said in in the book of John. Why? The Lamb had to do with a sacrifice, had to do with what had to be done in order for you and I to be saved. Are you getting this today? All this is being arranged by God. I mean, he could have been born in Nazareth, but no, he had to get to Bethlehem. You know, when it talks about the shepherds on down, it says, um, so it was when the angel had gone away from them to heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Do you know way, way, way back in the book of Ruth? Remember Ruth who followed her mother-in-law to Bethlehem? You see, God... Is a ranging thing. Jesus came out of that line that Ruth was. She's the one that had the great great grandchild, you know, of David. So, do you see how God works? See, we're thinking, well, you know, God told me this; it should happen next week. You know, I'm looking forward to that, and it doesn't happen, and people just leave the things of God. But there's a prophecy. Everybody say there's a prophecy there's been a word spoken by God that says this is going to happen the way I say it's going to happen. And if you get on a detour, don't, don't worry. I'll get you back to where you're supposed to be, but you will get to where you're supposed to be. And God wants us to know that today. God is taking us places and it's divine appointments. It's not man-made appointments. And, and as I, just as I was looking at all this, even when Herod, you know, one to know, he said, where's that baby at? And they said, well, that baby's in Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem, it, it doesn't, if you could actually go to Israel, it's a very small place anyway. But Bethlehem was a very small place. It, it wasn't like noted for anything. But the most amazing thing to me, I read this, um, it was Kenneth Copeland's son-in-law, George uh, Pearson, and uh, I read it in his magazine. God is so good because he puts things in your hand you need right when you're sharing it. And he said, that shepherd's field, they know and identified it because of the way it says. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll share it with you next week. But it was a field where they had the sacrificial lambs. And in that field, those lambs, they would, there was a tower. And uh, in that tower, they would watch over those lambs all the time because the lambs that were for sacrifice in those days had to be without spot or wrinkle, (laughs) nothing impure, not spot or wrinkle. That's us. But you know, it was that kind of thing without a blemish, without a blemish. And so they'd watch over them, And when they were born, they would wrap them up in swaddling clothes to protect them from any blemishes. And they would lay them in a hollowed-out stone manger. And Jesus was right there, born in a manger, swaddling clothes, it says, placed in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Who do you think filled up the inn? God did. You know, we, we we get so concerned about things. And I'm speaking to myself today because God has shown me, don't get into the details. I got the details. You just do what I tell you to do today, today. And you know, the whole story of Jesus, we're going to talk about it in the next few weeks. But um, it's good news. Everybody say good news. That's going to be the title of what we share for the next four weeks because God said to me, the title for this series is good news. How many of you know we need some good news? <laughs> we need some good news. But there's great news for the church. There's great news for us. Because the same guy that prophesied all of this, God himself, and arranged it all and put people in position through the old covenant. Do you know, In it's in Genesis 3.15. As soon as Adam and Eve made a mistake, God stepped in. If you read it, Genesis 3. That was the first prophetic word about Jesus. Genesis 3, 15. And it was right after they had sinned in the garden. You know, you think, well, my mistakes, you know, I'm done now. No, because God is already working on a way to get you where you need to be. It's awful quiet, is it? Because some of you out there, I know you're out there. You need to believe this today about yourself. I feel like I'm the cheerleader of the world right now saying, come on. Get up off of that thing. And, you know, let's do it. Everybody say, let's do it. You know, it's not based on, there's a lot of empty seats in here today. And I I appreciate people. There are people who need to stay home right now. And, uh, you know, they don't need to necessarily be in a situation of a crowd. If they're led by the Holy Spirit, God will show them that. And they'll be in a safe place. But there are a lot of people today that God's getting ready to do something. And he's waking up the church. And he's speaking to people that have just been sitting there waiting on God to do something. And they're the person that God wants to do something through. Everybody say, he's going to use me. He's going to use you for his glory. And it'll be the most exciting time of your life. Most exciting time of your life. Amos 3, 7 says, the Lord does nothing without revealing it to his prophets. That was the truth in the old covenant. But it's a little different now. God does use the, the, the prophet it's in Ephesians chapter four, God assigned the fivefold ministry to help the church grow up and to understand the things of God. That's what it says. He gave himself, he, he gave himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Everybody said God himself did that. So there are still prophetic words going forth, but there've been prophetic words about the election. How many of you've heard some of those words? And then people don't see it happen, so they're ready to throw the whole thing out. It's not time to stop. It's not over till it's over. Until God says it's over. So we have to keep speaking what we know God is saying. Even over our own lives, we have to keep speaking what God has said about our life. Even if it's not going to happen today, it's going to happen in God's time. It's going to happen. Because God in those days did speak through the prophets but if you look at hebrews chapters one i'm going to read it i didn't put it up there for sandy but it says that in these days everybody say in these days these days are after jesus has come and he's resurrected he's in heaven after that everybody say after that then god's going to speak a little differently everybody say a little differently and he's going to get you included in this situation now uh this is where I believe the church has really failed to teach people is that everybody hears from God who knows God. Everybody say that everybody can hear, uh, you know, the old covenant in that old covenant where it was the prophet, the only person that really could go even into the presence of the Lord was the priest. But then it's all changed in the covenant. We're in, and this is what it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through him also he made the worlds. God speaks to us the things he wants to be done. How many of you know some things God's spoken to you? You haven't seen them yet, but you know they're there. You know, I believe God's given revelation every day now. Because every day things change in our world. It's, it's moving much faster, much quicker. And so God wants us to be sure we're listening. There's, there's a, the prophet still, that fivefold office is still valuable. I listen to people who are prophetic people that are speaking today about things that are going on. But I don't take anything in my spirit that does not bear witness with my spirit. Why? Because I can hear the voice of God. And if it doesn't bear witness with me, I don't receive it. And you say, well, you think you know everything? No, because some things I have to put on the shelf. Because I know God's going to give greater revelation at another time. But you can't just put everything on the shelf and wait for God to come along and fix it. You have to do what God says to do today. You know, Joseph started out to Bethlehem. He didn't know where he was going to, they were going to have that baby. He didn't know what was going to happen in Bethlehem. But he had to start out. And he started out because somebody told him he had to go there to be taxed. In the church, we got to be ready to be told by somebody to do something we didn't not want to do. That is the truth. I've been told a lot of things I didn't want to do. But when I did them, I got to see God show me then why I did it. You know, um, in Timothy, it says that, Paul's encouraging him in in 1st Timothy and he, and he says, "You know, listen to the prophecies. Remember those prophecies that were about you. Because then he, so that you can wage good warfare." Everybody say good warfare. The enemy will try to steal what God's told you. But then it goes on, "Having faith and good conscience, That's what you have to have to follow those prophecies, which have some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. It doesn't mean that God didn't love them anymore. Doesn't mean that they didn't make heaven. They just were shipwrecked because they didn't continue to remember the prophecies that have been spoken over them. You know, uh, years ago in Tulsa, my husband was in Bible school and uh, he's probably watching this morning, but... Um, he, we need to pray for Pastor Bill. He, he had a little skirmish with the enemy over health. We are winning in Jesus name. But um, he was, we were in this special class. He was a second year Bible school student. And uh, they asked us to come in the room and meet with this lady, very a prophet. She was a prophet, Jeannie Wilkerson. And she, uh, a lot of people know who she is. I mean, she's well known. And and uh, she's in heaven now, but she had the second-year students. Now, there were only like 10 of us uh, with the wives, so there were like five or six second-year students. Bill was one of them. And uh, now, here we are. You know, we've gone out there. He's, he, we're in debt. We're trying to get the IRS paid off. Any of you ever don't get in a battle with the IRS? That, you know, that, that's like being in a battle with the devil. I didn't say the IRS is a devil, but it's like being in a battle with the devil. Good warfare. Anyway, so we're sitting in this class, and she's up there just talking, and she just stopped. And she said, there's someone in this room that God called, and you were a businessman. And you would have been a very successful businessman. But God asked you. To follow him, and you said yes, and he calls you true blue instantly I, it was like the lord said it 's Bill, well, of course, you know, being led by the Holy Spirit, I wanted to tell him right away, but i didn 't, and so I had learned by then, keep your mouth shut, go let God do it, and um that, thats that is God if you hear that that 's true, you know sometimes you have to let God do it so um, no, he, she said, if you know this word was for you, you come up afterward, and I'll confirm to you that I know who it was. Well, he didn't go, of course. You know, we left. I couldn't resist. By evening, I'm saying, why didn't you go talk to her? I said, did you know it's you? He said, yes. I said, why didn't you go talk to her? He said, there's no need. I would have been right up there. That's how immature I was. But he didn't, he didn't move. Next day, she's talking, doing everything, just doing her thing. We had two days with her. She goes, you are that man. And then went right on talking about what she was talking about. It was like the room just, I mean, for me, for Bill, I could tell it just like whoosh, right over him. Now, those are the kind of things that I'm talking about somebody's probably done that to you somebody said something and then all hell broke loose and you just thought well that can't be god or or it's subtle and it just gradually takes you away from what god said if you're called you will never get away from it you just won't you can't get away he will keep at you and that's not called just to ministry that's whatever you're called to You know what it says? Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That's what it says in Matthew 16. You know, the cross, I used to think, oh, brother, I'm going to have to carry something really heavy. I'm probably going to have to do a really hard thing. You know, that cross is your call. Jesus took the cross because the cross was his call. He had to go to the cross. And so, that's why there was that big heavy cross. It was what it was his call. He was going to the cross. That's why it says in that song, the cross before me, the world be behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Uh, Psalm 139, 16 through 13 through 16. I want to read this today because this is why God hates abortion. Because he's created a life. Now, it takes a male and a female to create life, but God is the one that gives life. Man doesn't really give life. We have, we have the parts that make life, but it's God who gives life. You, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You know, there's a lot of people who just look in the mirror and just, oh, they don't like themselves. And God created them. You cannot like what you do, but never don't like yourself because you're made by God. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Everybody say, there's a prophetic word over me. (laughs) You're you're designed to be the way you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what it is. (laughs) How many of you have ever been with somebody and think, they're just not like me. Do you find people at school like that? Yeah, they're just, they're not like me. Well, we're not designed all alike, but we all have a purpose and a destiny. And so God wants you to hang on to that today. You know, you have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, greater works will you do than I do because I go to be with the Father. Why was that going to be? Well, he continued on and said, because I'm going to ask the Father to give you the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, he talks about that, John 14, 15, 16. He's on his way to Calvary, folks. I mean, 17, he's given his final word to his disciples, and he's on to the cross. And so he's saying to you, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. And there will be a voice. John 16 says, there, I will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will tell you what I say and will show you things to come. Amen. Well, I believe that's so the calling on our life, God can continue to show us what's coming, even though we can't see it today. We just keep looking at what God said about us. Just like he said to Timothy, don't let go of the prophecies that you have had by those who laid hands on you, and they gave you words that came from me, from God. Don't let go of those words. Um, A lot of things in our lives, Pastor Bill and I, we still haven't seen them all. I still believe we're going to see them all because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside who has never said it's not going to happen. If the Holy Spirit hasn't said it's not going to happen, it's going to happen. I just don't know how or when. Maybe I'll have to go somewhere, like, to be taxed. Who wants to obey? Listen, I'm a Christian. I don't don't believe in being taxed. So I'm not going there. You know, I'm not going to do that. And you just missed the next step. I'm not going to say any more, Lord. I'll just keep going. This is the thing God told me to pray for today. It's Mark 419. You know, it's the parable of the sower. It says the sower sows the word. And then things happen. You know, there's, there's stony ground. Then there's the thorns. But, the, but the, the third one says, And the cares of this world... The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's, that's what the Lord told me to share today. And he said, it's this one for the church, the other things. Everybody say other things. I don't know what the other thing is for you. I know there have been other things for me that have tried to pull me away from what God was telling me to do. Uh, fear, <laughs> that was a big one. Uh, when I was a new Christian and I was around such spiritual giant people, you know, I, I wouldn't even open my mouth if God told me. I had to learn to open my mouth when God told me. Uh, but, you know, fear is a is a stop to the things that God has called us to do. Um, rejection, that was another one. I, I would just, I didn't want anybody not to like me. How many of you know you can't lead anybody anywhere if you're afraid they won't like you? How many of you have raised children? Like 13 to 18. They don't really care for you all that much sometimes. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, honestly, they're changing. They're, you know, the Lord told me your responsibility at that point is to teach them to follow me, not you. Because they're going to go out on their own and they better know how to follow my voice. Because if you don't, it, they're not, you can't go everywhere with them. So you have to, he said, your most important thing is to transfer their leaning to you for everything, gradually shift that over to me so that when they're 18, they know where the heck they're going. They're not still looking to me to know where they're going. I didn't do real good at that, but I can let you know about that. Um, (laughs) But because I learned it afterward, I learned it along the way, but it is true. A child who hears the voice of God knows what to do. Now, I'm going to show you a little video, and then we're going to pray. This is a little girl. I worked with her mother and dad at Victory. Uh, Well, actually, her grandmother and her grandfather. They're on staff at New Life in Colorado Springs. Their son is one of the pastors there. Uh, They still are doing ministry work there, and all their children are involved there. Uh, The uh, One daughter, the last daughter she had, she she was a little bit later than the other three. Lori used to babysit the three older ones. But this, the younger one, Anna, came along last, and um, she lives in New York with her husband and his parents pastor church. She has this little girl, and I don't know if it's Evie Joy or Evie Joy, but she is already aware of her calling, and she is five. She's five years old. She, her mother was quite the drama person. She was always involved at drama at ORU. I don't know who's video in this. It's not her mother because her mother hollers something later on in the video. I'm not going to show you the whole thing. But she is in her element, and she is like she's on TV. And so you got to watch. She has decided. I'm telling you. Hello, kids.
1: Today...
0: Can you turn it up?
1: Would you like to be my helper? Yay! And Holly, would you like to be my helper? Yay! I can't wait for us to tell this Bible story. It's about Jesus and the disciples sharing the food with a little kid. Okay. Lay and action! Oh yeah. Hey! So, one day, God was talking to a lot of people and, and they, until it was time to eat and they, did not, and they did not have food. But a little boy spared some of his, five bread and two fish. But that wasn't enough. So Jesus prayed for the food until there was a lot, like 100 of bread like, uh, seven, eight, uh, 100 pieces of bread and, like, 100 pieces of fish. And the disciples fed it to the people. And they ate it and ate it and ate it until they were full. So, that was
0: the Bible story. Abby, let's go to you! <laughs> she pretends she's going to somebody else now, which is her. And then she goes on with another story about fish. It's so funny. And she goes, mom, mom, uh, how many fish do you think that would take? And, and I hear her mother hollering the background. Oh, probably a thousand. She goes I, a thousand, a thousand. She goes, but you can tell it's in her heart. She, she, she's already moving in that. Now that's that, that's a parent that's going to have to really protect that gift. And you may be here today and somebody, you know, never protected the gift. Didn't even see the gift. Maybe you didn't see the gift. But I tell you, it's time God's ready to bring those gifts to the surface. He wants to use all the gifts that he's put in the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter our age. It's time. Everybody say it's time. God has a special place for you a special uh anointing that's on your life that you know it because when you get in it it's like freedom it's like excitement uh it, it brings joy to your life and and I believe that I don't know what's gonna happen in two thousand or twenty twenty one um but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good because we have come through something that has tested us as the body of Christ to see how we're going to be on the other side of this thing. And we are going from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. I do have something I want to tell you, and then I'm going to pray for you. We're going back. We're going back to the trails because I believe God said go back to the trails. Uh, we're not buying right now, but I when I called... I felt like God said, I want you to call. And this is what you remember last week I said. The Lord spoke to me and said, it's time. It's time to reel it in. And uh, so I began to drive by it like he told me to do. And then I heard, call, call. Well, with all that's going on with the COVID, I have, we have opportunity to go in at the trails. So we're going back two weeks from today. And we are staying there because God's about to pour a whole lot of people into the body of Christ. A lot of new fish. A lot of new fishes. And we're going to have enough to feed them. Because we have gifts in this body to take care of it. And so even though, you know, today I thought, well, you know, the Lord Lord tells you something. Then you step out, you do it. Like my husband said on Wednesday night, did you hear him if you heard him preach? You get on first base and then you got to get to second. A lot of people don't want to run to second because they can get you out. I said to my husband, well, I'm going for second and let's just pray whoever, when the ball gets hit, nobody catches it and gets me out because I'm moving there. And uh, I I don't know what it is, but in my heart, I just really believe that God's about to do something spectacular. And the reason he's given us messages like this is because every one of us is going to be in this race. It doesn't matter age at all. It doesn't matter young or old. Young people are going to be in this race, and they're going to be excited when they see the power of God on their life moving in a way they have never seen. So we are going back, and then and we're going to play this song at the end because my keyboard player he's he's getting healed. Um, it's it's called a, a comeback. What's it called? I don't know the name. The comeback by Danny Gokey. Have you heard it? it yeah. We are moving out. We're getting up off that thing. And we are moving out. Amen. (laughs) Let's stand. Father, I thank you today for all the people of victory. I forgot one thing. I need to tell you this. I went to get my mail this week or got mail on my desk and I picked it up. It's Kenneth Copeland. This is what he said. I was sitting here in my study this morning. This was his November newsletter and praying about what to write. The word of the Lord came to me saying, tell them that I love them. Tell them that I need them. I thought we got the right word here, folks. The Lord has need of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're saying that all over, all over the world, all, it, to the church. I have need of you. I have need of your. I have need of your gifts that I've put on the inside of you, and I have need of the things that I have put in you from your mother's womb that are for you, for you. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for you today If for this thing. Two things, actually. First thing, if, if you had some things in your heart at some point, and due to circumstances or somebody's words, you just kind of let go. I want you to raise your hand, because God's going to restore that, that hope in you today. Anybody here? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now that you restore those that are watching, those that are here, those that have their hands up. That they have a word; they know what you've said, and other people, other other decisions that were made, uh, cause that light to go out in that arena of their life. I call it back in Jesus' name. I call them back into the place, and and the excitement and the and the um, hearing from you about it for such a time as this that they would rise up and get in that position. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that uh, no word falls uh, aside with you. You hasten to perform your word. It comes down, and you water it through situations and circumstances, and then it produces the fruit. And I thank you, Lord, that every person in this church, those that have their hands up, but every person in this church will fulfill what they're supposed to be doing. Now, uh, this one, you don't need to raise your hands, but I just ask you today, are there other things uh, that, that have distracted you, that have pulled you away from what, what God asked you to do? Other things, fear, doubt, uh, situations in relationships, uh, disappointments, discouragements. Today, in Jesus' name, I pray for you. I pray for you that are watching that those things, God would show you how to escape from those thoughts about those things, to leave them and move forward in what God has for you, because God has need of you right now. in Jesus' name, I call you off uh, off of the, the the situation and circumstances, especially relationships. I just feel like God's saying it's people, you know, people that that have invested in your life, and uh, maybe not now, but in the past. And have said things that you took to heart, and and because of that, uh, you went on to other things, and those other things are there. There's no fulfillment in Jesus' name. I pray that you are delivered and you escape those places in Jesus name and get in the place that God has called you for such a time as this. I thank you, Lord, that every person in this church is covered by the blood of Jesus. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Any word that's been spoken over them that would deter them from the things that you have spoken to them. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that every single person that's watching or belongs in this church that maybe hasn't even been coming to this church will rise up and bring their gifts with them. Those that have walked away, those that have, have become complacent in Jesus' name and just uh, felt like, well, they don't need me. The body of Christ needs every person in position being who they're called to be for such a time as this. And we thank you, Lord, that you are resurrecting dreams and visions and things in people's lives that that they have maybe even forgotten about. But suddenly... They're going to come to their remembrance, and they're going to get up out of that place that they've been in, those other things that have held them, and they're going to walk into the position that you have for them. We thank you for it, Jesus. If you're watching today or you're here, you don't know Jesus, today's a day of salvation. The Bible says we can do nothing unless we have Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, if you're watching and you've never received Jesus, today's your day to look to the things of God and away from the things that have so captivated your mind and your heart. You can be delivered from alcohol. You can be delivered from drugs. You can be delivered from relationships that you should not be in. You can be delivered from anything that the devil has tried to Put in your life to take you away from the things of God. But you have to choose Jesus because the power is in the word of God. The power is in the name of Jesus. The power is walking with Jesus. And in Jesus' name, I pray for you today that you would let go of whatever is holding you and trust God to deliver you from your circumstances. Choose Jesus today. Let's all make this confession. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sins. Thank you that I live and I have my strength through Jesus Christ. I desire to have you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I lay aside all things that are sin or just things that would hold me away from you. I give it up and I run after you. I will follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God praise today. He loves you. You have a purpose and a destiny. Now let's make our confession before we go. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory. And let's say it together. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing my labor is not in vain. Amen. Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. See you Wednesday. <clears throat> two weeks from today at the trails
1: after a season of nightfalls in pushbacks yeah. after the heartache a wrong trip turn-